these conversations aren't easy. Neither are growing up or evolving. But you and I both must learn to have these conversations if we'd like to have a reality without racism and racial oppression, or if we would like all the children in this beautiful world to experience peace, equity, and true human love. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. After the killing of George Floyd by a police officer in May 25, 2020, many people in the United States and around the world woke up to the importance and difficulty of having conversations about race and equity. At that time and thereafter, many of my communication coaching clients turned to me for support. And in many cases, I directed them to read some of the books that, from my perspective, are in alignment with the language alchemy perspective and are essential if we want to learn to have healthy conversations about these difficult topics. Today, I am going to share with you about one of these books, the number one New York Times bestseller titled, So You Want to Talk About Race, written by author and speaker Ijoma Oluo. First of all, I want you to know that if you think that talking about race and equity is hard, that is completely accurate. It's hard for many reasons. One of them is because when you have a conversation about race, you need to be willing or at least aware that you will be talking about history, about racial oppression, social constructs, unconscious biases, unjust and pain-generating systems and structures, and political and economic power, especially in the United States. Wow, that is a lot. And it's not all. You also need to be willing or at least be aware that if you want to talk about race and racial oppression, you will be talking about pain, confusion, resistance, anger, defensiveness, denial, and so many more personal feelings. And you will also be talking about the daily oppressive experience of people of color, primarily black people. And unless you are one, you do not really know what that experience is really like. And if that were not all, you have to be willing to get messy, to come out of these conversations with perhaps more questions than answers, with the likelihood of no immediate resolutions other than the commitment to stay in the conversation for the benefit of all beings. Wow, it may seem like a tall order, but you know, the time has come for all of us to learn to develop the capacity to have these conversations. Because if we don't, you and I 
will continue to let millions of our human brothers and sisters suffer. And when one of us suffers, we all do. Fortunately, we have knowledgeable and wise experts to learn from. And for that, we need to be open, humble, and willing to receive their guidance to have transformative conversations about race and social justice. I can tell you that from my personal experience as an immigrant who did not grow up in the United States, I have been learning a lot about all this from experts such as Ms. Ijoma Oluol. I've been confronting my own lack of awareness. I've been exploring these topics humbly for over a decade. I've been tapping into the heartbreak of the Black members of our human family in the United States, where I live. And I've been uncovering and understanding my own experience as someone who's seen and treated as a person of color in this country. It's been a rich journey. And this book, So You Want to Talk About Race by Joma Luo, will help you like it's helped me and many of my communication coaching clients and students enrich that journey that we must all traverse if we want to bring more peace, more justice, and more equity to our human family. And if you're still wondering whether you'll keep listening to this episode or whether this may be too daunting for you, I want to tell you that this book will give you the tools you need to be your sibling's keeper. It is time to understand what we can do about it and how to do it. Because the great news is that there's a lot that you and I can do about it. And it all starts by having a conversation. Now, let's talk about the book. If you read the book, and I hope you do, Ms. Olua's words are powerful from the beginning. And when I say the very beginning, I'm talking about the introduction. But don't take my word for it. I'd like for you to hear it for yourself. So I'm going to read part of her introduction here. And it says, as a black woman, race has always been a prominent part of my life. I have never been able to escape the fact that I'm a black woman in a white supremacist country. My blackness is woven into how I dress each morning, what bars I feel comfortable going to, what music I enjoy, what neighborhoods I hang out in. The realities of race have not always been welcome in my life, but they have always been there. When I was a young child, it was the constant questions of why I was so dark while my mom was so white. Was I adopted? Where did I come from? When I became older, it was the clothes not cut for my shape and the snide comments about my hair and lips and the teen idols that would never, ever find a girl like me beautiful. Then it was the clerks who would follow me around stores and the jobs that were hiring until I walked in the door and then they were not. And it was the bosses who told me that I was too, quote unquote, loud the complaints that my hair was too, quote-unquote, ethnic for the office. It is the cops I can't make eye contact with, the Ubers that abandon their pickup driving on instead of stopping when they see me. Wow. And the introduction goes on. But I want to share with you how this part shook me. The introduction 
helped me realize that growing up in Argentina, I didn't have to think about race. And even as I moved to the United States, I wasn't even aware that I had the privilege of escaping thinking about my own race because of my husband and my closest friends are white. And when I am with them, I am treated as such. So when my clients and I have these conversations about race, I usually ask them what I'm going to ask you in your daily life, in the decisions you make daily. How many times do you think about your race? Do you think about your race when you're deciding what clothes to wear that day? Do you think about your race when you consider how to speak, how to eat, work, conduct yourself? Right from the get-go, Ms. Oluo helps you understand that for a black person or for someone who's seen as a person of color in the United States, that thought is one we cannot escape. After all, paraphrasing Ms. Oluo's words, once you start to see how you are seen, you cannot pretend not to see anymore. As I share with you some of the communication gems in this book, my hope is that you say yes to Ms. Oluo's invitation when she says, and I quote, that we can find our way to each other, that we can find our way to our truths, and that it all starts with a conversation. There are so many things I love about this book, and one of them is that Ms. Oluo truly understands the power of language. She writes, Words help us interpret our world and can be used to change the way in which we think and act. Words are always at the heart of all our problems and the beginning of all our solutions. We cannot understand race and racial oppression if we cannot talk about it. In the book, So You Want to Talk About Race, Ms. Oluo gives you plenty of tools. For example, how to know if the conversation you're having is about race. Or if you are a white person, how to have a conversation about race. She also gives you tools if you aren't white and a white person is having a conversation about race with you. And then she teaches you how to talk about affirmative action, intersectionality, and even how to respond if you are called racist. And it's a fascinating read. Her book is filled with poignant stories and great humor. Now, you know that I always like to give you some tools that you can use right away in order to communicate with clarity, confidence, and compassion. And how do you communicate with clarity, confidence, and compassion when you are having conversations about race? Well, while there are no perfect formulas, remember, you are a human being talking to other human beings, as Ms. Oluo, the author, says, expect to screw up. But even though there's no neatly packed conversation that you can have about these sensitive topics, there are nine useful guidelines Ms. Olua offers, and I'm going to share them with you. Number one, if you have a particular agenda, mention it explicitly. 
Be aware of your reason for having this conversation. For example, know if it is that you want to be seen for your values or if it is that you want to understand something and explore this particular thing together with the other person. Once you know your agenda, let the other person know so that they can decide if they want to participate. Ms. Alua reminds us that many times these conversations go wrong because the people having them have very different agendas and they don't usually communicate them clearly. So remember, if you have a particular agenda, mention it. Number two, if feelings of defensiveness, righteousness, anger, disappointment come up, make sure you notice the feelings, but let your main intention lead the conversation instead of your emotions. So if you notice you are getting emotional, bring that conversation back to your main intentions and mention those intentions. Number three, do your research instead of asking others, especially if that other is a person of color, to be in, using Ms. Alua's words, your personal Google. And if you are a person of color, she recommends doing your research as well, so that when you talk about these topics, you can do so with greater confidence and not just limit them to your personal experience. Number four, when you have a conversation about oppression, be mindful to not make your conversation oppressive against other groups. Ms. Oluo encourages us to refrain from standing up against racism with sexism or transphobia or ableism or other oppressive communication or behavior. Number five. When we are having these conversations, it's common to feel defensive. So if you notice this, pause and ask yourself why you are getting defensive. Is it that you or your identity is feeling threatened? Are you trying to defend your ego and move away from your main intention? And if you can't redirect the conversation back towards your main intention, then let the other person know that you are getting too triggered to have a beneficial conversation for both of you, and then let them know that you will come back to the discussion at another time. Number six, if the other person uses a tone of voice or says things that are uncomfortable for you, especially if they are sharing their experience about racial oppression against them, be willing to hang in the discomfort. Discomfort can have useful teachings if you are patient. Number seven, notice the pronouns you're using. Ms. Olua says, and I quote, if you find yourself frequently referring to your feelings and your viewpoint, chances are you are making this all about you. So be specially aware of how many times you say I and me. Number eight, notice if you're getting derailed by trying to be right. I love what Ms. Olua writes about this important point. So I am actually going to read it verbatim. It says, conversations on racism 
should never be about winning. This battle is too important to be so simplified. You are in this to share and to learn. You are in this to do better and be better. You're not trying to score points and victory will rarely look like your opponent conceding defeat and vowing to never argue with you again. Because your opponent is not a person. It is the system of racism that often shows up in the words and actions of other people. Powerful, isn't it? And finally, number nine. And this may be an obvious one to you, but I've witnessed this too many times to not mention it here. Number nine is about never forcing people of color to have discussions about race or racism. Just like what I shared with you in the introduction of this book, So You Want to Talk About Race, Ms. Olua then goes on to say, and I quote, People of color live with racism each and every day with no say over when or how it impacts their lives. This reality, which is out of control for people of color, is a painful and exhausting reality. So please be mindful of that. Okay, there's so much more I could say about this book and about Ms. Olua's thought-provoking suggestions and communication tools. But for now, let's recap what you've heard in this Language Alchemy podcast episode. I reviewed the New York Times bestseller book by Joma Olua titled, So You Want to Talk About Race. I shared with you why it's important to learn to have conversations about race and racism, and I shared nine transformative communication tools that Ms. Alua offers in her book. You can find out more about Ijoma Alua at ijomaalua.com. I'll add the link to her website and the link to her book in the show notes. And once again, these conversations aren't easy. Neither are growing up or evolving. But you and I both must learn to have these conversations if we'd like to have a reality without racism and racial oppression, or if we would like all the children in this beautiful world to experience peace, equity, and true human love. Thank you so much for listening, and a special thanks to my students Kavita and Maria, who are learning to have these important conversations. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.